Welcome to BCS, the Chartered Institute for IT. This is the Gemmable Mechanisms podcast. Uh, as you know, uh, I like to speak to people that make an IT good for society in all sorts of different ways. And today I'm speaking to Professor Wendy Deering. Now, uh, first of all, hello. Hello, thank you. Nice to have you on. Um, uh, you've got a great long list of things that you do, Wendy. So I, instead of me recounting them all, Tell us what it is at the moment that, that, that you, you know an overview maybe of how you've gotten here and what 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 matters to you at the moment. Okay, so the short career story would be that I'm a nurse by trade. I started out at 16 and a half as a cadet nurse. How I've ended up as a professor and dean of an institute in a university is probably a much longer story. But in in terms of being a cadet nurse, I had to ball Brian. Um, it, it was great. Uh, I went into nurse training and qualified as a nurse and then moved through the ranks towards sister, senior sister, clinical teacher. Some of that was in the private sector and some of that when, was when the kids were growing up. And then I made a decision probably about 1990. So that shows you how old I am um, <laughs> to go back into the NHS because at the time I was in the private sector. And um, had a very good experience within the private sector of the Nuffield Group of Hospitals. But I then went back into the NHS to set up MVQs in health and social care. Mm. So using my nursing qualification, using my nursing uh, background and theory, but actually making a difference for people who had aspirations to go into nursing and into careers of nursing or wanted to know uh, more about the knowledge and the theory behind, but stay working as they were as a healthcare assistant. And I have to say that probably changed my perception and I can't say change my life but change my perception and it showed me the passion that people can have for learning whatever learning looks like mm. but also how they can develop their own careers so I always say if I got knocked over by the number two bus tonight 281 nurses are qualified because of what we did for national vocational qualifications and they went on to be seconded to nurse training and MVQs as they were for some people had a really bad name. You know, they were called not very quick or whatever. But actually, mm. if you did them properly, if you use the occupational standards, if you use the competencies and then uh, mix that theory and practice, you had a really good rounded uh, person to, to go forward and and achieve their career aspirations of whatever they were so so for me that was a really good and then I got into assessment obviously because we we were we were um a center so you had to go all through the sort of uh, accreditation and the va validation mm. and all the quality uh, assessments and what have you because I knew the word competency I was lucky enough to go to uh, the Philippines recruiting nurses when we had no shortages in the in the 90s and I'm still godmother to plenty of those Filipino babies now being best man, best man at a Filipino wedding back in the Philippines. And, and again, really good because people were given the opportunity and whatever we think about the ethics of that, people were given the opportunity to study in a different country, to work yeah. in a different country and make a difference back home. And and so um, I also went to the States uh, looking at healthcare support worker training over in Ho in Ohio and taught at uh, Ohio State University for a short while. So uh, I, I thought I would be staying in Brighton and around the Brighton area for, for till retirement. I ended up in Brighton and Sussex hospitals as their head of learning and development. And there'd been a few 
uh, you know, I'd been their vocational lead, uh, OD lead, etc. We merged Brighton and Princess Royals as it was there, and it's all changed these days. But we merged those two organisations, and I was heading up the learning and development, thinking I was there for life because we hadn't got appraisal sorted and learning and development and career pathways. But actually, the uh, the National Programme for IT was coming out. Mm. And um, I was I was asked by somebody whether I would apply for a job within the Sussex Health Informatics Service. So I ended up as their director of um, corporate services. So that was non-techie. So clinical engagement, change, IT training, the development of the of the staff all was in my portfolio. So I obviously had transferable skills from when I was working in learning and development into that specific area. And I was probably really shocked may be too strong a word but when I moved into that sort of IT area I I was probably quite disappointed that that people hadn't had the opportunity for career development Mm. and and whereas coming from a nursing background or clinical background you've got your trajectory you don't have to follow that trajectory but you've got that trajectory whereas and I'm going back to 2004 so you know we've come a long way since then but people hadn't had their appraisals people hadn't had opportunities for development and and not everybody wanted to go off and do development I purely I absolutely understand that but people should have that opportunity to have a conversation with their line manager Mm. and and make sure that they are doing okay and if they want to follow aspirations then you know how can they how can they be supported in that so that's where I got involved with what was assist at the time and Mm. then into the BCS in terms of the professionalism agenda with a small p so I ended up um, helping uh, we put um, a work-based learning degree together with Staffordshire University along with some other hisses and people uh, I know after I left Sussex his people continued to to go through that program uh, there so again that was around supporting people's aspirations and ensuring those learning opportunities were there um, and and so in 2012, I jumped over to what was NHS Wales Informatics Services. Uh, we finally called the title Head of Workforce and OD, and that was a countrywide approach. So very similar to what I'd been doing in Sussex, but obviously devolved health, and that was a, a real learning curve for me. But also, um, how how do you support the people? in 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 a different organization what was MWIS at the time and that led me to talk to somebody at a conference uh, around the University of Wales Trinity St David's because at the time their computer science students uh, 85% of them came from a 50 mile radius of Swansea so oh. my hypothesis was if they weren't going away to learn, they weren't going away to work. So we became one of their employers of choice and we worked with the computer science department and we would go in and, and do some teaching on their programs. We would be there at induction. We'd, um, we'd you know, be there for their for their graduate um, graduations and graduate uh, interviews and what have you so that we could get our pipeline of staff into MWIS as it was in those days. and. Uh, going back to my learning <laughs> programs, in the absence of what we had, uh, we we took apart the computer science degree and put it into four pathways, which married up to some of my roles at the time. So that was business information technology, data analytics, software development and cybersecurity and networking. 
So um, and I went to Welsh Government and got commissioned to do a level four higher apprentice in health informatics. We had a level two and a level three. So we converted those into uh, distance learning at level two, level three. I got the level four commissioned and um, that went into distance learning as well. And that was where it was a little bit muddled because at the same time, well, or just after Welsh Government uh, put out the plea and said um, there's an IT shortage in across Wales and which universities could offer degree apprenticeships. So according to the criteria, we applied for the three, which was data analytics, software development and cybersecurity and network. They're still going. Okay. And and so we had our first graduation last November of of uh, staff from NHS Wales Informatics Service, which is now Digital Health and Care Wales. Uh, mm. We had our first graduation, but we know about three, four hundred staff have gone through those programmes, not just in the healthcare sector, because they're open to everybody. So DVLA, SMEs are going through. I got an honorary professorship because of the work I was doing the, with the university. And then a couple of years ago, I was asked if I would become dean of the Institute of Management and Health. Since being in that in that position, that's about the leadership of that particular faculty, as it would have been known. Um, we, we've um, been able to implement the masters. It's now called in digital transformation for health and care professionals. So this has been fully funded by Welsh Government. It was on the back of the implementation of the nursing documentation project that was being led across from MWIS Digital Healthcare Wales. And, and we had a cup of coffee, the SRO, a couple of others and I were going, what lessons learnt? And that's how we 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 morphed the idea of a learning programme, because it's really hard for clinicians to do that transfer, transfer into the IT. But we know we need clinicians within mm. the digital sector for mm. the end user experience, but also for that whole patient experience. So Welsh Government uh, were kind enough to fully fund and we've got nearly 100 people now go either on their first year or their second year of the three year part time master's programme. And we've got another cohort that we're recruiting to for October. Um, I'd like to pursue a little bit more about the um, social care side, because I've, I've done a couple of interviews lately on, on health informatics and um you know, digital healthcare and so on and so forth. And we know that there's problems in the NHS generally, don't we? Yeah. It's mostly about funding, it seems to me. Um, but but the, specifically social care seems to be almost sidelined completely. Do you, do you have a sort of angle on that? I absolutely agree with you. And I think um, that has been the case and is still the case. But I, uh, but I think part of why Digital Health and Care Wales has changed its name because of the care aspect then to try mm. and build up that care, uh, um, the wider audience of care. We do have some people from the care sector on the master's programme, actually. And okay. it is really hard, Brian, because we're so used to talking about health informatics or digital in health. We have to really remember that wider world of social care. Yeah. And 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 there is a lot going on in social care in terms of um, uh, in, in terms of data and data science now and research into that. But it's still not as mainstream as what's happened in the healthcare sector. Yeah. And and uh, for, for many reasons, um, 
But I think FedIP, Federation of Informatics Professionals, has mm. actually got a large part to play in this because if you look at the membership now, we've got Socketum, which yep. is uh, which is the local authority innovation. And so we've got Socketum. We've got people joining the Faculty of Clinical Informaticians, so the FCI, who come from a social uh, care background as well. And within our own BCS care executive, we've got um, social care. Uh, we've got, uh, yeah, the social care uh, lead. Yeah. Tommy Ray Henderson. So and I think Tommy, you know, uh, uh, if I remember right and correctly, he was at NHS Digital and then has gone to NHS England. So I think mm. making an impact there and, and, and Tommy will be the first to say and I'll be the first to say that actually there hasn't been equality in, in the opportunities there. But hopefully going forward, there will. Um, within Wales, we've had somebody, Dr. Lisa Trigg, who's done a lot of research in social care and talks on our master's programme as well. And we've had somebody from Socketum, so Russ Charlesworth, who who you may have known from Socketum, um, he's moved on now, but he came to our last residential and, and was flying the flag for social care. Do you have an optimistic view of that then? Because it sounds to me like, uh, particularly from a rather selfish BCS perspective, that we're getting it together. We're, we're linking things up that should be linked up. And that needs to come, you know, from our sort of more technical perspective and then, and then move out maybe from there. Absolutely. Uh, I'm always the optimist on, on in any given subject, I have to say. But I do think we are getting it together within within BCS mm. and, and somebody like Tommy is driving that. And then I think some of the competency frameworks, you know, Sophia and I know the NHS and the wider uh, central government, Athena, you know, got DDACT. But, we, you know, we, we're looking at DDACT plus, aren't we? But any of those competency frameworks are generic enough for whichever area you're working in to actually start to think about your own career and progression. Um, and I do hope that, we and um, and I know Digital Health and Care have got people from social care backgrounds working there. So I think it's starting, um, but I also think learning together, it's a bit like on the, on the degree, you know, Digital Degree Apprentice Programme, working with SMEs or DVLA, is as beneficial as working with somebody from the next health board. And that's the same way on the master's programme. I do yeah. think learning together um, and because the issues are the same, it may be a different sector, but it tends to be the issues are the same, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So you've been you've been involved specifically in the sort of information technology side of it. What, about 20 years or so now? Yeah, all right, Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I, there was a point in me saying that. <laughs> it seems to me that you've got quite a, a, a sort of broad overview, because if you've been working with nurses who, you know, have to use a machine on a ward right up to um, dealing, not up to, right to uh, dealing with the, the actual components of a computer science degree, it seems like you might have a very good bird's eye view of, of the situation in general. I suppose I've got I've got a, a, a wide view of it. Mm. And and is that too generic enough and not special enough? Because I could, still couldn't mend your computer. Uh, <laughs> but 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 my staff in, in the in the interview here do say, wow, when I can link up to the smart boards and what have you without asking for <laughs> <laughs> asking for help. Um, so so I think it is a broad it is a broad health and care informatics is a broad church anyway mm. i mean let's be there are so many uh profession there's so many parts of the profession whether that's business analysts through to data science and all everything in between so we're a broad church anyway i've probably had quite a good 
bird's eye view. Mm. It may have come from the angle of let's develop the staff, the workforce, uh, because that's been my passion and the next generation. So being a mentor and helping with assessing on for Fed IP and being on the board of Fed IP. So I think for me, yes, it's been a a wide view, mm. and I've seen I've seen job roles that didn't exist. 10 15 years ago and i used to call informatics uh if i've done if i've done presentations in the past i used to call us the lost tribe because (laughs) 20 years ago when i jumped in it didn't really matter if the email was down or whatever because you were along the corridor from you know and all the all the system went down i'm not decrying any of that but it was a very different way whereas now we absolutely rely <laughs> on yeah. digital, whether it's our teams or whatever. You know, there's a global theme out today about Microsoft having gone down. There's some teams. Um, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we absolutely yeah. rely on that. We absolutely rely on our systems. And we've seen what one are crying. We've seen the other where systems are brought down now. Mm-hmm. Um We've also gone through that whole transition change. I mean, the national programme, you know, lots of people had their local little local systems. I'm not going to call them little, but local systems and mm. didn't want to 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 leave them or or move into a sort of national programme. And you could understand that. But we still need that, you know, the joined up. We still need the end to end for the patient, don't yes. don't we? And yeah. we can't keep layering systems on. Um because sometimes they crush at some point. So so I used to call us the lost tribe. Then I went to saying we were the sort of backbone because we were slightly invisible, but we weren't the spine because that was connotations of the national programme, wasn't it? We had a spine there. <laughs> so I used to call us the backbone. And then what I've called us now is the we've moved into centre stage. OK. But we have to be the trusted expert. Because if we are centre stage and we are saying that we are the professionals, we have to be that trusted expert as well, whichever field we're in, um, because there are people who who think and can (laughs) do the website, you know, there in their in their darker room. And I'm not decrying any of this, but if we're going to be the profession that health and care transformation and 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 uh, supporting transformation, but depends on for systems and for data uh, you know for business analysts so systems and people and everything then we need to be the trusted experts and we need to be able to prove that we are um professional in in our yeah. own right and that's why i've been passionate around the bcs and then into fed ip federation because i think it is a voluntary register but it's proving to people that actually I've looked to those competencies. I've shown my evidence that I can work at that level. And now yeah. I'm into CPD and I will re-register. Absolutely. So the, the P in FedIP is professionalism, of course, isn't it? What's your perception of how FedIP is bringing those things together now? Uh, is there a lot of, I, don't, I should probably know this, but is there a lot of members of FedIP? How's that going? Yeah, so we've got the we've got the wider organisations of professional bodies. And yes. so we're not a, prof- FedIP isn't a professional body. It's bringing those professional bodies together, mm. whether that's the BCS, um, FCI, SOCATUM, SILIP, um, 
iron is bringing those professional bodies together so that there's a bigger voice a unified voice and we can do unified sharing but actually there is then one register covering that broad church Mm. of people working in the sector so if you're the data analyst and you belong to AFA as the professional body that's absolutely marvelous because you've got your own networks and you've got your own opportunities for cpd fed ip is bringing all of those people together so there's there's you know mass numbers come you know going to come through the system but being saying we are the voice here and we 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 absolutely support professionalism not about big p's and what have you but about professionalism in in being able to have support for your own career development you take accountability of it but have that support have those cpd opportunities have those mentoring opportunities join that professional body be involved in that professional body join the bcs health and second committee join AFA's um you know committees and so that you're actually influencing the way your profession could be going. Mm, absolutely. Um, just um, picking up a couple of things that I've spoken to other people about recently then. So uh, I was speaking to, uh, I think, the head of the uh, um, uh, BCS. Uh, um, oh, dear, I've forgotten. I've forgotten his title. Anyway, I've been, I was speaking to Philip. <laughs> Philip Scott works <laughs> yes. for me. Um, and he was telling me how much he liked the NHS app and how he saw great potential in that for uh, bringing a lot of things together. I just wondered your view. Absolutely. And in Wales, we're, we're creating a, a whale, you know, an NHS app for a Wales. And I think it's absolutely amazing uh, when we look. I mean, I give the I always give the um, the example now of my wearable. Mm. And so I'm working with with um, one of our professors of practice. Actually, he's got his own company. Uh, I won't say which company it is or whatever, but um, he, he he's 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 got um, access into the Fitbit platform. Right. So so my my data, I'm part of his his um, beta uh, testing. So my 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 data goes up to his platform and literally over Christmas, he WhatsApp me and said, are you OK? Because your resting heart rate's gone up. Oh, OK. <laughs> and I went, I've got a chest infection. Oh, I thought it might be too much sherry at Christmas, but okay. no chest infection. <laughs> but how amazing. Yeah, isn't it? And yeah. I know and I know that small numbers and I know I'm very lucky to have the anaesthetist there, you know, uh, on on his platform and things. But it's just showing you. The potential. The potential there. Mm. Now, the NHS app in in the first instance, you know, uh, let's make sure people can get their meds, get the doctor, you know, and and make their appointments all in a timely fashion. Uh, But then there is so much more to it. In Wales, they've got a big programme of work looking for the Wales app um, and what it could do in the future. And then there's obviously all the other things that that spin off from apps, like I've talked about here, like we're doing uh, research we've got keep fit wales um in in terms of that started off with a housing association who'd done a bit of an analog website for young children for them to, to be walking and you you know um getting their steps up and then they would get vouchers into uh, the local fruit and veg shop that's now expanded through um the wales institute of digital information of which i'm a director of witty as it's called and that's a spin-off from what we were doing from the from the uh learning programs and and we've created all of the ai behind it 
and I've got one of one of my academic directors. His PhD is in gamification, uh, gamification and motivation of young kids because he used to be a PE school teacher, now a university academic director. And so we've been able to use his papers and his research into the motivation because people, young children would have just got bored of going to an analog website and chucking their steps in. Yeah. And so made it much more interactive. And in fact, one of the staff had just come back to me this morning and said, I thought you were waiting for the next demo of this. And I'm going, well, I've got time to find. Yeah. So, you know, so so there's lots of things. Apps is a it's a very generic term now, isn't it? Mm, Uh, So we've got your NHS app, which I think is absolutely central to this. And then you've got lots of other apps or other sites and what have you. We're actually making a difference to People taking accountability of their health and well-being, but also being able to flag up, like at Christmas with my chest infection, when there is an issue. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, I can I can sense your commitment coming coming through, Wendy. Obviously, I can see your face, which people on on the audio won't be able to, so I can see how you know how committed you are to this sort of stuff. But let me ask you um, a, a question in 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 that context. I just I just wonder um, if you think that maybe Wales. Uh, NHS has got any lessons it can share or any best practice it can share with the other devolved nations because it sounds like you're a little bit ahead of the game I think Wales has got play your own trumpet that's what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) I think well I'm not in that space now really am I um because of being in the university space but um I uh, Wales has got a lot I mean I, I jumped over the border 10 years ago and and it's been an amazing experience we've got clinical portal so we know clinicians can get their um can look at results anywhere across the country they can do it on their app as well we know uh this the this the size and scale of wales is easier to do interoperability it's still been hard and and um we go back to there hasn't been the funding and the infrastructure and the hardware but if you look at um if you look at uh, from uh, Digital Healthcare Wales. I mean, they've won Employer of the Year twice with the BCS now, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So I think you know um, it goes back to to not everybody knows there's a career in health informatics digital uh, there. So we need to we need to be flying the flag of yeah. of what careers there are in this space. And actually, Woody's got some money to do that this year. Uh, we got some what is called HefQ money, and that's around promoting. Uh, digital as a, as a career, health digital informatics as a career, and we're going to work with a, a couple of schools in Swansea and Newport to to actually refine uh, that with our colleagues in Digital Healthcare Wales as well. So going back to your original question about you know fly the flag for Wales, I'm very passionate about what Wales has done in terms of. Um, the clinical portal, the nursing record, that's all digitalised now. We're working, uh, I had a call this week with the lead midwife because they've just got the funding approved to digitalise all the midwifery records across Wales, standardise them in the same way as they've done for the nursing records. Mm. And and so that's a big transformation that's gone live now in every health board. So again, it's standardisation, which makes life easier for the clinician, for the nurse. Yeah, but if you look at the pieces of paper that they that that took over from, I mean, it was along this office and probably around the corner and and it's not easy because this is all about change isn't it so so it's not easy um but there is a big change team within um wales as well through digital health and care and 
I did put that in. Uh, I did start the change team because I'm very much from the fact that we need people working with our clinicians who know the systems, who know, but actually aren't just selling it to them, that they're looking at the benefits and what it can do and the time potentially it can save. But it has to be in the context of making sure we've got the infrastructure there as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, just um, uh, it's been fascinating talking to you. There's two more things I'd like to just talk to you about. Um, in a minute, I'm going to ask you about your personal inspirations, any people you uh, you sort of look up to and that sort of thing. But first, I just it made me think about your talking about your Filipino babies earlier. I wonder if you've got a hankering to go back over to those sorts of areas and, and sort of share some of this uh, IT wisdom. <laughs> I'm in India in two weeks time. Okay. So it may, may not be the Philippines, but um, I've been invited through Welsh Government to attend the BioAsia uh, MedTech Conference in Hyderabad. In okay. um, So I'm going over there 21st of February, I think, if, if we're going to be precise. And then I'm going down to a university in Pune in India uh, because Philip, who you mentioned earlier, works for me with me. And him and I are acting as consultants for a university over there who are setting up a degree, uh, undergraduate and a postgraduate degree in sort of med tech. Uh, yeah. May not be calling it health informatics, but we're helping to develop the curriculum. Interesting. Uh, we, we didn't want to validate it because that gets very difficult. Um, mm. but, but but we're actually we've got an MOU with them. And and Malaya, uh, Malaysia, um, they've been on my WhatsApp this morning because. Um, uh that they contacted me around whether I would go out there in the summer and things and Helen Thomas the CEO of Digital Healthcare Wales and I um have put in a um submission for a workshop for the Medinfo the global Medinfo that I know is supported by BCS we mm. haven't heard yet whether we've been successful but that's in Australia and again there's lots of synergy with mm. uh, with Australia and and what they're doing in their digital health informatics um they, they've got a professional body louise shapner and and she's spoken at bcs as well louise and she came over and spoke to our masters last time because she was in the country and spoke at the um european medical informatics conference that was held in cardiff again supported by bcs so we're trying to do a lot of the sort of joining up yeah, and doing yeah. that network and and ensuring We've got platforms to talk from around what's happening. Interesting. Thank you so much. Now, tell me about some of your inspirations. Who, who do you look to for inspiration or who inspires you? So if I go if I go back many a year, there was a night sister in the in the private sector, actually, uh, who inspired me to think differently about coming off night duty and doing something different because I'm mm. sure I could have been the night sister that you know and oh she's been there 40 years that one um <laughs> I'm sure I could have been there um and and she inspires me to look different and go off and do actually it was adult teaching uh, so right. I could do my clinical teaching the person who who I've worked not closely but we've been in and out of each other's uh, professional careers uh, throughout my time in England and Wales is is Michael West uh, from Compassionate Leadership. But Michael, um, before it, before he did um, the Compassionate Leadership with Keynes Fund, he, he was doing team based working. And I absolutely and I still use it now in terms of uh, the sort of principles of team based working. What's your mission? 
what are you here to do and who needs to do it? I know there's other, you know, principles around that, but that's just the sort of uh, the, the top slice of that. But I, you, I use that a lot. Something else that inspired me wasn't a a person, but actually was the leading empowered organisation. And that was a a leadership management pro- or leadership programme that came in for nurses can't remember the top the date off the top of my head, Brian, but I know there was like 22,000 nurses that went through across England in terms of this. Then it was broadened out to to, to other uh, clinicians. But it was a three day leadership um, empowering um, program. And when we were doing that and running that in Brighton, we actually added on action learning set days, etc. Because it's a bit of a worry if it's a sheep dipping, you know, at the end of day three, because by day four, you've gone back to the day job mm. and you're picking up what you've missed on day one and two. And you? so you tend to forget. So but the principles of that now and I, and I was reflecting because I, I get asked a lot to talk about my leadership journey. Mm. Not always, not always the best, you know. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't do it with any halo on my head. Um, but I think f- for me, whether it was because I was immersed and I was the teacher and coach and lecturer on all of those programs, that it, I sort of soaked it up more. Um, but again, I come back to um, let's be accountable, not with big A's, but let's be accountable uh, for what we're doing here. Mm. Um, and and yeah, so so Michael West, I've always had um, he's always been an inspiration, team based work and compassionate leadership. As I say, the the night sister Elizabeth donkeys years ago and and then an old boss of mine who's who I still talk to uh, now, Michelle White. And she does a lot of work with Michael West now or with his company. Michelle was always an inspiration when we were Absolutely. going through some of those times. And Andrew Griffiths. CEO of of Enwis, um, who's now CEO of FedIP. Um, Andrew, I think, gave me the, um, what's the word? He he allowed me to develop what I wanted to do in Wales in terms of the degree apprenticeships and what have you. So he gave me the space to do that Mm. um, there. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, There's a lot of interesting insights there. Um, we, I, I think you know. Hopefully, people are getting appreciation for the good work that you and the team do there. Um, can I say thank you for speaking to us today, Ryan? Thank you very much for inviting me.